I'm getting all fired up. I'm all fired up and lonesome. Hello, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome to episode 21 of Fire Up 2022. I'm Dennis Carnahan, and I've come back. Back from my journey overseas, my research and development journey, trying to find out what was happening in rugby league in Europe. And boy, did I find some fascinating things in Switzerland. Chris Gale, Switzerland is big on rugby league, but they're recent converts. These are obviously long, long joined in since Rebo de Bressac went overseas. Ah. The, The town of Zurich. The home of insurance. And it says at the airport, welcome to the home of insurance. What a great thing to be welcomed into. The main town centre is built around the Munster. There's the Munster, there's the Frau Munster, and there's the Munster Bridge. It's all about Munster. So they're big Queensland fans. You have to go about an hour south to find the town of Gallen. Gallen, Munster, obviously very recent converts. Now, at today's episode of Fire Up, I'm joined, of course, by Chris Gale, who you just heard giggling. But Pantsman Pat is missing. Now, I'm hoping that Pantsman Pat's been putting up a smokescreen, has in fact perhaps lived up to his name. But no, it's just the same as Redfern Pat. He's got COVID. So today I'm afraid there'll be no 47 texters. There'll be no media watch. There'll be no sniggering. There'll be no odd little noises here and there. There'll be no, sorry, in the background as the wrong button is pressed. But we wish you well, Pat. And Pat has sent through some objects, some things for us to play. Now, I went overseas mainly, to be honest, because the Raiders were going to be playing the Storm and I just wanted to get the hell out of Dodge because I just didn't want to have to deal with it. The way the Raiders' season's been going, we had the bye. I went skipped town for that thinking we might lose that. But what do I find? We beat the Storm! What a glorious day it was! And then I come back and what happens? The Raiders, they come back from a half-time deficit. It's beautiful. Rugby league is in such wonderful conditions when the Raiders are beating the Storm, when the Raiders are getting a half-time 14-0 deficit and coming back and winning. So much so that Ricky Stewart, the first coach ever to do his calf in a post-try celebration. What great things are happening in rugby league. How good rugby league is. But of course, rugby league is at its very best. It's at its peak. The rugby leaguest rugby league can be is when rugby league is in crisis, when clubs are in crisis. And we go back again to that club I just mentioned. There is a club in major crisis right now because of rugby league, Chris Gale, the club in crisis that is putting rugby league into crisis right now. I put it to you, it's the Melbourne Storms. Dennis Carnahan, welcome back, and it's with a very, very heavy heart that I address what is clearly the most high-profile, controversy-laden issue in rugby league as we speak today in the Fire Up podcast. To quote the great Warren Smith, you can take me now, I have seen it all. I genuinely, up until last weekend's round of rugby league, had believed I'd seen and heard it all, and despite what you've read in the papers, the most outstanding, concerning, bothersome, worrisome, terrifying thing that has happened in rugby league that, yes, dare I say it, has torn at the fabric of the game is at his post-match press conference, Craig Bellyache Bellamy says, I'm not confident that I can turn it around. To hear those words out of the coach of the Melbourne Storms, mired in a four-game losing streak. Yes, it warmed the cockles of my heart, but it made me worried for the future of our game. Dennis, Melbourne could be done. I know. And it's, it's a terrifying thought that he's, as you said, it's four games on the trot, four games on the bounce that they've lost, which we haven't <laughs> had. One, so, two, three, four. And in the press conference, quite beautifully and presciently, it, people was, one of the journalists said, was it uh, Cam Munster? And he said, no, 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 Cam's doing okay. Cam's doing okay. But, you know, there's probably three players that are. Now, the journalists, I heard you talking about the journalists in the previous week, saying the journalists these days just write whatever, whatever anyone says on Fox Sports. That's what, that's what becomes the story. They missed out. They should have gone, okay, Cam, how about Harry Grant? How's he doing? No, he's doing okay. Because he has said there's three players going well. By the time they ask the fourth player, he's going to have to say, yeah, he's done. Yeah, he's a dud. What about the bloke sitting next to you? How's he going? He's a dud. He needs to lift. I would have loved that, but they didn't do it. The journalists have failed in their duty at prosecuting this case. And also, on top of that, coming out of Russia, the the country that's just illegally invaded Ukraine horrifically and horrendously, there's a story about 
a chess master that there's a robot that plays chess. So this isn't just a computer that says where you move on the screen. This actually is a robot that has arms that picks up the pieces and moves them. Was playing a seven-year-old child and the seven-year-old child did his move and had his hand hanging over the table. The robot took a dislike, grabbed the child's hands and broke his finger. Yes, that's a classic Kasparov move. Classic Kasparov move, grabbing the seven-year-old child's finger. Now this, to me, I'm wondering if that's the same robotics lab that, despite what Gus Gould says, that has been making the robotics for the storm, and it's going wrong. We've all seen Terminator. Well, I haven't seen the latter latter ones. They look pretty dud movies to me, (laughs) Uh, particularly the one with Christian Bale. But it is a concern that with artificial intelligence and all that hoo-ha that's going on, that things are starting to go bad, and no greater approving, Graham, than Amy Park can... I mean, let's face it, losing four in a row, it's not un-Melbourne-like. It's roosters-like. It's very roosters-like. Um, and also, you notice the seats there are green. The Raiders have won the last four there. It's beautiful. It's just beautiful. You understand that you've just made a case for you to be deported from the country. But the Raiders clearly do better when you're nowhere near this jurisdiction. I'm, I'm lobbying very hard to leave the country for the entire season. Steve, mascot style. Now, a former Melbourne Storm player has gotten himself in trouble at Western Sydney Stadium. What is it you call it at the moment? Combank. The, the temporarily named formerly Combank Bank Stadium. Formerly, formerly Paramount Stadium. So, so, formerly Cumberland Oval. That's the one. Uh, there was a player who's, who's, I believe, smoking in the boys' rooms. <laughs> so this is the second most cataclysmic issue in rugby league that's happening this week. First of all, Bellamy going, I'm not confident we can turn it around. You're referring, of course, to one of the many sideshow drop bobs, hello, Matt King, who now just has a short back and sides and the Roosters coaching boss, because that's the Roosters' way. <laughs> you can't express yourself. They're all, you know, um, sort of straight edge, I think they call it. You, it know. you can't play eyes up front door footy if you're wool blind. Matt King was once asked about his hair. He goes, Matt, you look like you've got an entire ecosystem growing in that hair. And he goes, I've got many ecosystems growing in that hair. Anyway, he's now straight edge. But, of course, we're referring to the other sideshow, Bob, Kevin Proctor. Mm. Now, Kevin Proctor, who was part of the Gold Coast Titans squad. Ah, yes. But not active. And I think uh-huh. this needs to be pointed out. A number of people thought that this actually happened at halftime when he was playing for the Titans. But he's not in the Titans squad, which shows how well he's playing at the moment. Yep. And he's gone into what appeared to be a toilet cubicle as part of the dressing room complex. And on his mobile, which, of course, he should have surrendered... As he Mm -hmm. came with it. I mean, as soon as you can see Parramatta Leagues Club, you should automatically surrender your mobile. And there's a modern thing called vaping, Dennis. I don't know if you're across it. I haven't tried it. I have seen people doing it. And boy, don't they look so cool when they're sitting there with... It's like they've got a little flute that they're playing. And then suddenly, a cloud of smoke comes out of their little car, their lowered car with the pea plates. Electronic cigarettes. I hear they're better for you. Um, and they're cherry flavoured and oh. pineapple burst and all that sort of deal. I mean, is I'm going to get on board. Does Dukes like them? <laughs> Imagine that, a pineapple vape with the pineapple a, cruiser. A cruiser and a vape. Now, that, that's, that's a good direction. <laughs> that's rugby league to go in. So Kevin snuck into the dunnies, as they used to say, you know, on Heartbreak High or Puberty Blues or whatever, and he's had a sneaky vape. Now, if you actually look at it, he's done two cycles. He's sort of taken the head from side to side and then released the vape smoke. <laughs> and I've got to say, at close quarters, Kevin Proctor's image is very reminiscent of Nick Nolte when he <laughs> had that uh, uh, Has police... Has anyone seen them in the same room? ...arrest photo, you know. So I don't know if the vaping's doing you that great, but, of course, he's immediately not had his contract torn up oh. because it's electronic, it's DocuSign. Yep. So he had his contract cancelled. And he's not playing for the Titans again, and he's off to Super League. First of all, the Titans players must be going, is it that easy? Is that, how I get <laughs> is that how I get out of this club? But, of course, Proctor has form. You'd remember some of the previous indiscretions. They were a little bit bigger than vaping in the boys' dunnies, weren't they? After a test match where the uh, Kiwis were unsuccessful against the Kangaroos in your hood, mm. Canberra. Yes. They're in, I don't know, Bannon or something. Private bin. <laughs> they were in some... Central the moose. business district outside, yeah, Mooseheads or something like that. And a uh, kindly spectator offered them a little bit of what Cameron Munster and the Hectic Cheese currently... Uh, but don't you like the way, that, by the way, that the cheese got three weeks because he said you're a Michael Luckin... Uh, no, he didn't. No, he no, said no, you're, you're a cheating, cheating bastard. bastard. Right. Whereas Dane Gagai in the Roosters game has been put in the bin for back chat and he's gone Michael Luck and Carmichael Hunt to the cows come home, but he didn't say cheat. 
till the cows come home. Interesting expression, that one. Let's let's just let's yes, put that yeah. aside. <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, I believe that Kenny, Bro- uh, yeah, Jesse Bromwich and Kevy Proctor own yep. their mistake. Said, let's be honest, it was cocaine, right? I do remember Stephen Ferris I going to air and doing a whole th- snow themed episode. You know, uh, it, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Yeah. You know, China White. You know, uh, Grandmaster Flash White lines the whole bit. You missed out on the Brindabellas, Corin Forest. They all love a bit st- of snow. Up all there. that stuff. And then there was an unfortunate eye gouge, which again was in the press this week as Corey Waddell faces charges, gone straight to the judiciary for. Uh, what a little bit of revenge or Big Tino for what was done to Matt Burton, or just I couldn't unlucky. see a lot of movement with the finger. It did look like he was just it was just a grab, and it happened to get there. Yeah, I think it was Cummins. I think he said, he said scratch, yep. scratching on the eye, yep. and then um, he just said, "Look, I realised it was the hand was in an unfortunate place, and haven't we always been there?" Dennis? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, my hand is in an unfortunate place. I immediately withdraw. Yep. Uh, and then Big Tino's calmed down and said, "Look, nothing in it, nothing to see here." Well, at least that's because you can still see. Oh, he didn't say that on the field. On the field, he was constantly I, saying, I gouge, I gouge, I gouge, I gouge, he, I gouge. He was elevated after yeah, the, he was. He was aroused. Exactly. He and was he's, aroused. He's come back down to earth. So, look, fare thee well, Kevin Proctor. Uh, Super League is the, the richer and the NRL is the poorer for your um, going up in smoke. It does strike me as a, a, a very clear picture of the demise of rugby league that a player admits to having cocaine. Um now, I believe that because it's an admission, it didn't wouldn't actually stand up in court. They couldn't prosecute because there's no evidence. And they've said, yeah, we, yeah, it was cocaine. They could retract that in court and say, no, we're just making that up. So yeah, there was, was no prosecution. Um, I gouge you was prosecuted for obviously not illegal. But smoking in the boys' room, it's a no-smoking room. The, the, the entire Western Sydney Stadium is a no-smoking area. So The entire... Shire of Parramatta, if that's not, not, not so what, now, what is it, the district of Parramatta? That's oh, no, a no smoking area. No, in, you've got those hooker things, the um, the big hookah. Oh, in the pipes in the, in the Eat Street there. Eat Street's pretty cool. By yeah, the way. so you can you can go there and have that, but you can't vape in the Dunnies. I do recall when Jason Smith started playing for the Raiders. He he'd played for years at every other club, and he came to the Raiders as an old man, and he ran on the field. He was taken off after about 12 minutes in his first game and he's gone straight to the dressing sheds and I've forgotten who the co-commentator was who said oh this is a worry Smith's going straight up the sheds and Warren Smith said no he's probably actually going to the dressing room for a bunger and a pie <laughs> next thing you know they show the vision he is literally in the dressing sheds with a pie with a, a, a cigarette and a can of coke <laughs> that that was the athletes of the of the early 2000s people love to put together Rugby League 13s, you know, based on animal names or, yep. you know, places of The surname interest. Smith. Right. The, the greatest Smiths, et cetera, et cetera. And you'd have Warren commentating. But wouldn't you love the greatest smokers in rugby league? <laughs> I mean, obviously Cliffy Lyons is captain. What's a packet up? Yeah. yeah. Would... Phil Sigsworth, perfect. <laughs> he'd be straight in it'd, there. It'd be terrific. But, yeah, um, Smith, he, he, he had a great season for the Raiders, then went up to the Cowboys. Um, but speaking of the Cowboys... So we've had the Raiders beat the Storm. That was a wonderful day. Then we've got the the Titans, and there was a sacking there. And then uh, the final game of the weekend, mm-hmm. um, the poor old Tigers. Everyone loves the Tigers. The poor old Tigers, bottom of the ladder. But, you know, they've got all sorts of crises amongst the board and the players, and all sorts of things happen. And no one likes to kick the Tigers. Well, so we thought. Until... You know what? I'm not going to say anymore. Chris Gale, I'm just going to hand it over to you and I'm going to walk out and make myself a cup of tea. Have at it! First of all, uh, I've had a lot of telemetry come my way, if I can say that, Dennis, about... Have people been checking up on you, making sure you're checking your well-being? There's been a combination of concern and what do you reckon? And I think there's, I'm feeling a lot of pressure as to being able to dissect, make sense of, give people a way forward, let the healing begin as to what it was occasion on the West Tigers. And I recognise my limitations, Dennis. I can't put into words the appropriate way that people are feeling, the appropriate sensations that are occurring through their bodies. So I just really want to walk you through what happened, what's been done, where we're going. And I don't want to pass comment or judgment. <laughs> or opinion. Or opinion, if I possibly can. So this is objective. Oh, I would appreciate that because I have to say that when this was all taking place, um, I had driven the ABC car back and I'd unpacked it and I'd gone down to get my car <laughs> and I, I'd left the interior light oh, on yes. in my car. The battery was flat. I tried to push start. I was on level three, rolled down to level four, 
didn't work. Roll down to level five, didn't work. Had to holler for a marshal, uh, which is what the Tigers have done as well, I understand, in my absence. You did hear that news. That would have been all over Switzerland, I imagine. <laughs> oh, they were loving it. They were so excited about it. Um, so I was down there in a, in a phone and radio black zone waiting for the marshal to turn up. So I missed the whole thing. Please tell me what happened. By the way, I think modern cars, you'll leave the cabin light on. They actually don't run the battery. But looking at your vehicle, no surprise there. And uh, just to get you up to date on that, the whole trinity of the Tigers and, you know, far better for us to ever talk religion on this show. Hang on, there's another <laughs> idea. Uh, the Holy Trinity, God is Sheens, Jesus is Benji, and Robbie Farah, the Holy Ghost. Nice. So, so Queensland Country Bank Stadium, the Cowboys go up by seven, having had a very, very solid second half, five minutes to go. Everyone's written off another brave, resilient, but beaten performance by the Tigers. Somehow, Brent Naden ends up with a clear pathway down the left-hand side. So Brent Naden's playing for the Tigers now. He's on the wing. I think when I left, he was playing for the Panthers, and then he went to the Bulldogs, and now he's gone to you. (laughs) Right. And then, against all odds, a final raid by the Tigers with less than two minutes on the clock. Dewey pops a pass to Dane Laurie, who had a blinder, and he finds Stafford Totter, one of my favourite names in rugby league, Stafford. And uh, he gets an open pa- a saloon passage. Saloon to passage. The, the line, Dennis. And then so the clock, of course, runs for a period of time. It's stopped with five seconds to go. Adam Dewey takes the conversion attempt. Unfortunately, cannons off the upright. Oh. Tigers lead by one. And the timekeeper has ruled. And you can argue back and forth. But in the end, I'll say correctly, there is one second left on the clock. <laughs> um, there's no way for me to describe properly what happened better than this particular individual, a.k.a. James Graham. This is is a robbery. There has been a balaclava, a storm-off shotgun, and someone's gone up to Townsville and robbed the Tigers of two points down. That is a disgrace. So there you have it. Um, What happened was Valentine Holmes kicks, goes for the short kickoff. Uh, Dane Laurie, blinder, terrific game. Please re-sign him. Catches the ball. Referee Chris Butler can be heard on the Bucky. audio. Bucky. <laughs> Bucky. How are you, Bucky? Blows the whistle to stop the game uh-huh. and then has a conversation with Ashley Klein, who's the bunker official, who's already had a tough weekend with the Dale Finucane hit, oh, hit yep. or possible hit on poor old Critter Crichton, who's getting his ears stitched back on as we speak. Um, I don't know. What do you do? Do you go, give me the Holyfield? What, <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> And uh, there's a conference, and it's confirmed that, in fact, the Cowboys were able to challenge Chad Turnton challenges. What are you challenging for the escort? Now, everybody knows that Ashley Klein has decided that the escort was proven. And this is because he's an escort guy, and we absolutely have (laughs) some exclusive audio of what an escort sounds like in Ashley's mind. Quality. Escort. Escort. Big in quality. Escort. Big in quality. From Wills. So in Ashley's mind, Dennis, escort, it's quality. And that was a quality escort, according and, to Ashley. And the escort was on Paul Asakapoa, who was supposed to have taken out Kyle Felt, one of the nicest men in rugby league, and has a winning smile, which was evidence in the immediate aftermath of the incident. Now, do you, do you, I know you said you weren't going to give opinion. Yes. But I have seen that vision. And it does strike me that if there was someone having a shot at penalty goal and he was in the goals, he has dived to his left. He has flung his arms out as far as possible. It doesn't seem like as someone who's off balance and actually now trying to get back to the ball. It seems like someone who was much more intent on going top bins in the left and trying to catch the ball. Was that what you thought? Or do you think Kyle just actually fell over because he was bumped? No, he's milked it deluxe. Yeah. But uh, look, you've got to say, the, the Cowboy... Like, Todd Payton, dreamy eyes. He's all over it. He's already run these scenarios. Who knew you could challenge? You know, we can go into all the forensics about stoppages and structured restarts, which to me is like a town planning thing, isn't it? Like when you try and rebuild a community <laughs> after a natural disaster, you go to a structural restart. Uh, the fact of the matter is, Felix Annesley admitted, well, you won't find the rule about at the end of the game in black and white. And by the way, they should write a rule about it. 
And they should add in half time as well. Just thinking, right? The problem here is though, if they if they write in a rule for that, they write in a rule for this. Like there's there was the um, Packer, not James. What's his dad? Kerry. Kerry. It was Kerry at uh, in the Senate Estimates Committee who said, "You problem with you blokes with your rules." is you make too many rules. If you, you should have a policy, every time you make a new rule, you've got to ditch one. You can make as many rules as you want, but you've got to ditch an old one. Because what we don't want, Chris, in the game, in the game, you remember the, the 19th century game called rugby? In that game, between the kickoff and the ball being caught, there's something like 163 possible transgressions. And this is why, according to Laurie Daly, speaking to Peter Fitzsimons, rugby... League is a simple game played by simple folk. Rugby union is a complicated game played by wankers. We don't want to get to a complicated game played by wankers. We want a simple game. Well, you might have heard about the Wallabies England game and what a disaster that was at the cricket ground. Complicated game played by wankers. Pissing on the roof. Jamal Idris actually put it the best. Jamal Idris says rugby league is a simple game played by idiots. Yes. And uh, we're heading down a very slippery slope. And we could go into the intricacies of these various elements the clock, whether the challenge was valid, the escort, which the NRL has now admitted, no kidding, was not an escort. Don't get me started. But also, come to light today, the Valentine Holmes, in doing the short kickoff, actually ran over the halfway line, did a loop back for the short kickoff. He's offside, should have validated And Tarbo, on his 300th game, challenged it, and Butler said it's over! Oh, Bucky. Bucky, who allowed 26 seconds. Now, had that been Jerry Sutton, our man Jerry. Sorry, it's up. Time's up. Couldn't have challenged. 10 seconds is up. He likes the rules. He sticks to the rules. He plays by the rules. Everyone knows where they stand. With Bucky, 10 seconds, 26 seconds. Yeah, I'll make it up as I go along. But you know what it was. He'll go, the noise was such I couldn't hear. I'm having a conversation, so I've put the 10 seconds on particular pause. It's a nightmare, Dennis, but we're not here to opine on that. We're trying to help. And yes, just, we are. And I want to give people a pathway here because I know all Tigers fans are hurting. And look, if you see me in the street, come up. I'll give you a hug. I'll do anything I so can. So I. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to hug Tigers fans. Come here, Chris. Come That's, on. <laughs> thank you, Dennis. I appreciate it. <laughs> trying to find a way to make it feel better and trying to identify heroes in this particular instance. Now, one of the heroes, one of the unsung heroes is the assistant assistant coach, Ben Gardner. Benny. Who was coaching in the box because Noddy was down with COVID. Yep. And then Supercoach in waiting, God Sheens, was also down with COVID. Uh, for they been hanging out with Redfern Pants? They've been definitely hanging out with oh. Pants Man, right? Though my theory on Sheens is the reason he went down with COVID is he had lunch book with Gus Gould. And he thought better of it. He goes, look, I'll just say I've got COVID. Plus, I get myself out of travelling all the way up. To and he's just got a little red excited. pen and put it through his COVID test to make it fair. So Ben Gardner sort of put it very poetically and very measured in the box, uh, sorry, in the press conference afterwards said there was this moment of exaltation, triumph, elation, if you like, mm. followed by a moment of deflation, which, let's face it, sounds like my love life. Hang on. Oh, no, sorry, I got mixed up there. I was thinking about last year with uh, Madge Maguire when there was a no try and then they run of the length of the field in Golden Point and the books puts it down and there's a yes, there's a no, there's a... Oh, it was a try. This is such a Tigers. Yes, fans, fans curse around. Well, let's just jump forward back earlier in the season against the Titans. If the thing doesn't hit the bloody upright, Dane Laurie catches the ball. It's always Dane Laurie, isn't it? We win Dane the game. Laurie. We'd be challenging mathematically possible <laughs> for the semifinals. But well, anyway. At least for ninth. Anyway, Ben Garner... Kudos to you for your calm, measured, because let's face it, I tweeted on behalf of Fire Up, come down to Rugby HQ tomorrow, it's going to be wild. <laughs> uh, but he was very measured. But we actually have audio of Ben as the incident unraveled at Queensland Country Bank Stadium. <laughs> So he's calmed us down, Dennis. And, mm. of course, the Tigers' cognoscenti, the administration, the management has stepped up. And I'm referring here, of course, to CEO Justin Pascoe yep. and West Tigers chair Lee Hadjipatelis. Ah, yes. Um, Pascoe says, we just think the rules have been inappropriately applied. We want to understand that. But Lee's gone further. Mm. I don't know if you caught him on 360 last night. I'm afraid I didn't. Was that with Michael Carianis, friend it of the show? It was with friend oh, of the Michael. show, Michael Carianis, who yep. did very well. Though he got the short... 
end of the visual stick that the camera's sort of yeah. coming over his left shoulder. Yeah. So you didn't get the full Carianus visage mm. as much as you might have would have liked. Leah's dressed in a very, very fetching Tiger's windsheeter, which I'd like to, Ooh. you know, potentially get hold of. And this is Lee's wheelhouse because in the immediate aftermath, he goes, we're reserving our right. This was the man, of course, who said, as of 31st of May, 2022, Michael Maguire is the first great coach <laughs> of the West Tigers. And the clear inference from Lee was that this was a chance for legal action, right? What, what's his uh, profession outside being he's, the CEO? He's the, uh, the chair of Bryden's Lawyers. Right. And principal sponsor of the West Tigers. Do they know a thing or two about law? Tremendous record. We, we know all their cases. Did they, goes, state the, did they sponsor the Blues as well? They did. Yeah, right. They do. They sponsor pretty much everyone, except no longer the Sydney Kings, but that's another story. And so Lee says, you know, in the cold light of day, we reviewed it. We've called for the evidence. They want the audio. They want the documents. They want the buried bodies. And they want to reserve their right to potentially say that, and this is why he's loved this so much. He goes, what occurred after the short whistle... Did you ever know about the short whistle? Well, a- I'm with Warren Smith. I, I, actually, I do. I have noticed that they, they do that. There'll be a, and then, right. So we've all learned something. Yeah. There's a difference between the short whistle and the long whistle. Yeah. Which once again reminds me of my love life, and so the Tigers will argue that everything that happened after the short whistle signifying the stoppage, ergo the end of the game, is a nullity. Nullity. So Lee's getting to say nullity in public. Oh, in rugby pe- league media. And when people- Is that, do you think that's the first time on NRL 360 or any NRL media the word nullity has been used? Well, Pantsman Pat might prove us wrong, but I reckon it is. Pantsman <laughs> Pat, the challenge is there. And then people go, oh, it's floodgates. It'll set a dangerous precedent. And then, of course, Lee, because he's a renaissance man, points to the 2014 game between St Kilda and Fremantle, where a, a kick was awarded to Fremantle after the hooter had sounded, which does signify the end of the game. And so the subsequent goal was, in fact, a nullity. And the points, uh, I think it was a draw. I think the points were reallocated. So, and he goes, so what? Because maybe we're the first in rugby league. There's nothing wrong with setting a precedent because that's what you do. You set a precedent. Wow. Nullity and precedent. It's so exciting for Lee. And over and above the great work that Pasco and Hedger Patelis are doing to heal us as a group, heal us as a community, Dennis, I think this unnamed West Tigers official just brings three dimensions to the experience and the pain that we have suffered. And we were getting ready for a big celebration. We, we were winning everything, and all of a sudden it was just called off. The results tonight have been phenomenal, and we are getting ready. I mean, literally, we were just all set to get outside and just celebrate something that was so beautiful, so good. And all of a sudden, everything just stopped. This is a fraud. This is an embarrassment to our country. We were getting ready to win. Frankly, we did win. So our goal now is to ensure the integrity For the good of this nation, this is a very big moment. This is a major fraud in our nation. We want the law to be used in a proper manner, okay? It's it's a very sad, it's a very sad moment. To me, this is a very sad moment, and we will win this, and as far as I'm concerned, we already have won it. So that that's what an exciting speech. I'm 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 feeling I'm feeling the tigosterone pumping. The question is, in what court will this be held? Is there are, are we we've been discussing the rugby league university? Is there now going to be outside the judiciary? Are we looking for the court of rugby league? I don't want to big note myself, Dennis, but I know a number of figures in the judicial system. Mm. I've spoken to a number of them, and they're all telling me we've definitely got a case. Like there's no doubt we've got a case. I mean, anyone who says they're crazy, what legal precedent could occur? The, the, the guest on the show last week, did, did he have an opinion, a legal opinion? Well, 
let me just say I've spoken to lawyers that I respect and trust. Ah, so you didn't speak I to... I haven't spoken to... And Brett Oaten, you didn't bother. No, no. Why, why, I mean, why would you? <laughs> <laughs> and those clowns. I'll come to that in a moment. Uh, so, of course, Lee, you know, he's self-prepossessed. He's not going to roll up the sleeves himself. He, he assembled a crack legal team. Did he? He did. And look, I was consulted. And when I saw the names on the tip sheet as to who the Tigers legal team was going to be, uh, Robert Kardashian, unfortunately, he's no longer with us. Right. Rudy Giuliani. Ooh, nice. Lionel Hutt's attorney at law. <laughs> and the rooster advocate who appears in Futurama in every, every court episode they turn rooster right? And look, I said, Lee, I mean, that is an A-list with the exception of poor old Mr. Kardashian. And I said, but I think we need to get this man on the case because if this man's on the case, in the court of rugby league, case closed, two points to the Tigers, suck on this, Cowboys. Now, is that going to be a problem? Yeah, it's going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem for them. <laughs> it's a clear violation of your rights as a consumer. It's an infringement on your constitutional rights. It's outrageous, egregious, preposterous. It's definitely preposterous. So, so, uh, what do you think, Mr. Charles? Jackie. Jackie, I mean, we got a chance? Do we have a chance? You get me one coffee drinker on that jury, you're going to walk out of there a rich man. And look, Dennis, this has been an important task. I hope you've enjoyed being part of this experience. I hope you feel we've offered a pathway for... Tigers fans? Oh, I think definitely you have. The, the question for me, I haven't looked at the ladders and the numbers. Uh, if the Tigers were to get those two points, what position would that put them in currently? 15th. 15th. Which is better than 16th. Better than 16th. And two points clear of the Proctolus ti- uh, Titans. Mm. But look, uh, last time I checked, there were 5,000 signatories to the change.org petition <laughs> to have this uh, nullity addressed and this result reversed. I don't know if it's going to end up in court. If it does, and we heard from that unnamed Tigers official before, Hmm. things in these circumstances when you're looking to get things overturned can get a little bit out of hand, a little bit out of control. Yeah. And I want to issue a plea to all Tigers fans. It's a plea for calm. Mm -hmm. It's to be Ben Gardner-like, be in order. But look, I think a prayer, not that we ever talk religion on this show, no, would probably be appropriate in this time. And can I simply say to you, Dennis Carnahan, to all West Tigers fans and the rugby league community in general, God save Ashley Klein. God save Ashley Klein indeed. And obviously the invitation always stands. Ashley, you're always welcome on this show. We love you. And our thoughts and prayers, as do the Sex Pistols, thoughts and prayers go to you. He's already feeling better because Paul Kent came out and said, yeah, I thought it was an escort. So <laughs> so that makes two. So that's a start. That makes well, two. Well, once, once Kenty's on your side, yeah, everything's okay. good. It's a precedent. It's a precedent. It's Dennis. a precedent. It's nullity. So that, I guess that pretty much wraps up the week in league. And in the absence of Pat, we don't have the, um, what we'd normally do here in segment. Oh, no, that was only one segment, wasn't That's it? That's right. 
Oh, boy. Well, we've got an empty segment here for segment two. Is there anything else we can talk about? Um, well, we uh, I've already a couple of times alluded to the fact that we don't normally talk about religion on this show. No, no, we don't. We don't and we don't like to mix religion and politics. And I saw a funny speech by Billy Shorten, a friend of the show, Bill Shorten, a federal Labor politician, who came out and said he doesn't like to mix sport and politics, but he thinks it's a terrible, terrible, terrible thing that this player's standing down for Manly, apparently. Have you heard about this? This is some breaking story. I don't know, little, the little backwater, the insular peninsula that no one ever cares about. Um, apparently there's a rugby league team there that everyone hates. Uh, but what's happened is they've come out and... They've put some different colours on their shirts for this weekend. The rainbow colours, Dennis. The rainbow colours. By the way, I don't believe that Bill Shorten is a friend of this show. Just saying. <laughs> He's a regular listener. He's often calling in. He loves blowing up Deluxe. But boy, blowing He's up Deluxe. He's about the only guy I could jog with right now with my knees. I reckon I could keep pace with Shorten, but that'd be about it. But blowing up Deluxe was blowing up Deluxe enough about the Tigers. Yeah, well, blowing up Deluxe... Was blowing up deluxe, deluxe, deluxe. It's the most. It's the most. It's blown up. It's like we've got a thousand new um, people blowing up deluxe for us. But it's been blowing up even more deluxe because so Manly decided they came out on yesterday afternoon and thought, wouldn't it be a lovely idea to put out an inclusive jersey? Put out the Rainbow Pride jersey. Um, everyone in league, I think it was. Everyone called. in league. Coming off the back of the fact that it's women in league round coming up. Yep. Yeah, so. Are they drawing a parallel between women and the LBGTQA+, is that the correct? LGBTQIA+. IA+, sorry, I left out the I. Um, so they're drawing a parallel between that and women somehow, is it? I think what they were saying, with the, the, this is a weekend where a particular issue is around the value that women play in our game. Mm. Remembering those important words there, our game. And that hopefully we've gone beyond... You know, our mum doing the canteen and all that sort of thing that, you know, in many ways, players, officials, referees, uh, administrators, Well, the case, the case sponsors. was in the box. The yeah. case was in the bunker on the weekend. Terrific Much stuff. maligned bunker. I wish, I wish she was in control of the Tigers game. I reckon she doesn't, yeah. just quietly. <laughs> She's very glad not to have been. Uh, and they thought, you know what, we'll go one further because yep. we're manly, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yep. we're, we're a bit dim. And so we'll just go, everyone... So we're sort of saying women play an important role. Let's recognise that everybody plays an important role. What a beautiful thing to do. Um, did they consult their players? No. <laughs> right. And do some of their players have an issue? Just loving the sound of the chainsaw at the back. I don't know if you can hear that on these microphones, but Freddie Fittler is obviously a little bit frustrated, my neighbour. <laughs> I actually think I've just snuck a peek outside your window, Dennis, because we're not in Batuta today because uh, of budget cuts. We'll be back there next week. I actually think you'll find it's Des Hasler doing a bit of chainsaw therapy after the press conference he's had to give today. Uh, where, let me tell you, if he didn't preface it by saying, I'm about to read from a prepared statement, he bloody well should have. And he really struggled. So the timeline, we've done this show fairly um, to a timeline over the weekend. So the timeline, Chronologically speaking. I, I saw uh, Dean Ritchie posted about Manly's jumper, the inclusivity jumper. And what a great thing. A lot of people went, how good, how nice is this? And then the story broke that seven players were contemplating boycotting. There was going to be a player meeting on Tuesday morning. Uh, instead, they brought that forward to Monday evening and the seven players were given permission to boycott. Now, this is an interesting thing because the seven players who have chosen to boycott are boycotting on religious grounds. Um, now, what I'm wondering is where Manly are going to find in their top 30 another seven players who don't have those same religious grounds because I think I think there's going to be a lot of them. I think they're going to struggle. I'm actually half hoping that Desi gives me a call. I'm ready, Desi. <laughs> I'm not sure where I'll play. Well, you used to coach the Asquith Magpies, right? I did indeed. And, and can I just say that on the weekend, watching the Manly Warringah Sea Eagles play, they played against the Dragons, and they brought on a little boy at number 14. Well, he was in number 17. And Kyo Weeks came on, and it was the first time that someone that I coached has played NRL. And I was so excited. And I can tell you that, okay, it was under 11s. He was actually playing under 9s. So he would play up two years, which is what you're legally allowed to do. We had him maybe once every two or three weeks. Never had him at training. <laughs> but him and his mate, Billy Pollard, who's now playing for the Brumbies, which I'm not sure what that is exactly. No, no. no. Um, it's horses, I think. It's, uh, it is. It's wild horses in the... And that's a John Barillaro issue, isn't it? The Brumbies <laughs> in the Snowy Mountains. But anyway, um, 
they're both playing and they were both in under nine. So I didn't have anything to do with them. They just played in my team. And there's this coincidence that every time they played in my team, we won. And when they didn't play, we didn't win. And, yeah, but it was wonderful to see. And well, I don't think you'd even recognise me. You wouldn't know who I was. It was a proud moment. I was actually at the Willoughby Park Bowling Club watching that game with Dragons Booster and across the road neighbour Tony Bellier, former president of the Willoughby Roos. Ooh. And there was Luke, one of the coaches, Tigers fan, and Pezza, Manly fan. And then someone goes, hang on, Asquith Magpies. And I go, hang on, I know someone. And there you go. What a beautiful moment that was. <laughs> yes, it was. And in fact, we did beat the Willoughby Roos, yeah. I should say, in the Division Two uh, semi-final to put us into the grand final. Didn't the... help Manly win, mind you, but anyway. No, it didn't. well, when you put on seven minutes from the end and you're 30 points down, it's not really much you can do. Um, but back to the issue at hand. So after players decide to boycott... <laughs> This is an absolute car crash, and you're watching it, and it's in slow motion. And then Des comes out and gives that press conference, which we listened to earlier, you and I. And boy, what it did not sound like Des talking off the cuff. There was no whatsoever. It was just reading a statement, and they were very un-Des vocabulary words. It was, and... And I, and I feel that he was tipped up before he read from the statement. They go, Des, this is not an opportunity for you to do your usual stand-up kick, <laughs> right? Just no quips. Just stick to the knitting, which he did. Look, it is a train wreck, Dennis, and it's a complicated issue. And we don't do complicated issues on this show, but it does bear some examination. In terms of the failure to consult all Manly players about the initiative, mm. I wonder if they didn't quite tweak when the three people that they got for the promotional photo, Sean Kepi, Kieran Four, and... And Reuben Garrick. Yeah. Of a certain type of appearance, if you know what I mean. Yes. And uh, those boys, to their credit, very happy to uh, put on the uh, prototype rainbow jersey. But then the issue blew up. And, of course, the first problem for Des was he was so looking forward to his pre-match address this weekend saying, boys, I really want to show your pride in the jersey. <laughs> like... That seems to be off the table now. (laughs) And the rugby league world being the rugby league world, it's blown up deluxe. And there seems to be, to me, a little bit of a touch of hysteria about all this. Yeah. And like, so I, like you always do, look for a voice of reason. And I thought I'd found it in Paul Gallen. No. (laughs) When rugby league is finding a voice of reason in Paul Gallen, rugby league is in crisis. (laughs) So Gal, last night on 100% Footy, goes, I'm concerned about this. He goes, it's meant to be women in league round. And then he reeled out the usual canteen speeches, you know, mums, sandwiches, mums, etc. And he goes, I feel that, you know, we've taken the emphasis off the very important issue of women in league. And Danny Weidler, very reasonable spokesperson in these matters. (laughs) Friend of the show. I agree, Gal. Women in league is important. And like, who would have thought that Paul Gallen was a champion of feminist rights? (laughs) But he then did go on to say, and he goes, well, anyway, it's 2022. I think we all understand we're different. There's no need for it. And Danny Widler goes, well, I'm not so sure about that gal. And if you go to Ian Roberts, who unfortunately is always the spokesperson in this issue and, of course, former Manly great. And 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 let's point out again, however many players there's been, there's been tens of thousands of people who've played first grade rugby league and only one who's come out as openly gay. Only one. Statistician's nightmare. You can't do the bell curve in rugby league as applying to the um, general uh, occurrence of homosexuality in the community. One wonders why. One wonders whether we might need initiatives like this to advance the conversation. Indeed. But Ian Roberts said, and I think this is the number of the issue, he said, look, as an older gay man, this doesn't surprise me. And he goes, I was wondering whether the religious pushback issue would come up. So he anticipated it. Manly didn't, and now we've got Des. And Des was apologising to the Australian Rugby League Commission. Had he read Terry Bull's pro forma? Because yeah, it sounded a lot like he'd Terry Bull's Terry Bull work. punched this out. All, <laughs> all the other 15 clubs, because it's negative news. And he goes, like, Peter Volandis was almost thanking Manly <laughs> for taking the heat off them with the Tigers' decision. Uh, he seemed, wasn't almost. He actually literally thanked Manly Which, for which is embarrassing. <laughs> so Peter Volandis, and Lord knows there's no... Greater supporter of the overlord than me, Sir Peter Volandis. But he's actually grateful that there's this huge issue about sexual orientation and the rights of people in the community. Hang on. And whether hang on. Hang on. Hang on a second. To take emphasis off poor old Ashley Klein. Are you suggesting that 
the Manly Ringer Seagulls with a new CEO, haven't they got, or a new chief sponsor? There's something going on there. Are you suggesting that Peter Volandis has said to them, boys, we need a smokescreen? Oh, boy. We need a smokescreen. <laughs> Can you get us maybe something political, maybe some religion, maybe some controversy around homosexuality and religion on the Insular Peninsula to take Ashley Klein off the back page? Is he that evil that he would take this issue to do that? Well, I suggest that he is. And he's out there openly. And I suggest we actually get that bit of audio and drop it into this uh, podcast now so that we can let let the listeners decide for themselves. And so I think we should do that right now. You're not different out of the spokes of the Tigers at all. Today, have you got any update on where things are at? What happened with the Tigers? <laughs> I'm unaware of that one. What's the... Uh... No, well, actually, I thank Manly greatly for diverting the headline from the Balmain situation to the the, uh, the jumper situation. That's taken a bit of heat off. I, I, I tell you, Volandis, he, he continues to floor me, if for no other reason than he referred to Balmain. <laughs> the thing than, is, I just want to point out to does listeners... Does he realise it's I, the West I, Tigers? I want to point out to the listeners that we did actually stop the podcast there so that I could go and find the audio that wasn't actually Chris Gale impersonating Volandis. And I, you can hardly tell them apart. That is not me. That is Fennigham. That's the overlord. That's a Peter Volandis, PVL himself. But And this is too nuanced an issue for us to go in comprehensively here, Dennis. But it, I, I, what I don't like is I've seen people retreating, and they're probably attributing attitudes and characteristics to the manly players who've boycotted, which I think is a, a little bit... Rich, mm-hmm. uh, and just as a point of view, mm. I think we'd like to because we've really been going down the audio well this episode. Yeah, just listen to this anecdote from the great television sitcom Seinfeld to think about whether, just with as it is with the Klein Butler situation, whether we just take a step back and Karma head should prevail. So you're claiming this is actually from Seinfeld, not from the dressing sheds at Manly yesterday before the players' meeting. Let's have a listen. Work it out for ourselves. Uh, 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 okay, you're checked in. Yeah, thank you. Here's your AIDS ribbon. Uh, no thanks. You don't want to wear an AIDS ribbon? Uh, no, no. But you have to wear an AIDS ribbon. I have to? Yes. Yeah, see, that's why I don't want to. But everyone wears the ribbon. You must wear the ribbon. What you are? You're a ribbon bully. So, wear the ribbon, don't wear the ribbon. A fascinating concept. Now, one other thing that happened, Chris, while I was away, which, which it upset me greatly because we last year, I do miss last year's Fire Up where we had a segment called Another Reason to Dislike the Sydney Roosters. I hate to correct you, Dennis, but I will. It was hate the Sydney Roosters. Hate the Sydney Roosters. And let me tell you, after my weekend at Central Coast with those 10 Roosters supporters oh. at aforementioned Stephen Gorey's holiday oh. home, I came back with a sack full of reasons. A sack full. <laughs> well, I was taken particularly by one little uh, incident in the game where a certain player, well, he had a little twinge, and so he grabbed at his leg. And this is this movement in the game now, because the players are all professional, when someone is injured, they have a duty of care. And the players in the op- opposition will often stop and show that duty of care and show concern and compassion for the player who's injured. We're all in it together. We're all in it together. We're all sportsmen. There's a common goal here. There's a commonality. Not a nullity. And there's precedent. The roost, there's precedent. And the roosters, of course, the roosters way is to game that. The roosters way is to take advantage of the other player's humanity and decency and rub their faces into the dirt with it. And that's what I saw. Manu, what's he done there? He's sold the dummy with a knee injury. It's a fake knee injury. Manu, what did you do? Foxy, 
Thanks to Concrete Blonde for giving us that song this week. Um, now, when you I, say give, okay, <laughs> <laughs> for not knowing we used it is probably more appropriate. Um, we're into segment three, which is normally where we'd start with Media Watch and with forty-seven Texas, which I've already you know pointed out we're not going to have today. So instead, Chris, can we go straight into Arara Valley axes to grind? Such an honour to do this in segment three in place of Media Watch from 47 Texas, where we've had a lot of general feedback from the public. It's the best part of the show. <laughs> and uh, so, Arara Valley Axes to Grind. Now, look, um, I've got a couple, uh, but I've also got an announcement, Dennis. Ooh. Let me just quickly do the Axes to Grind. And I have a sneaking feeling I've ground one of these axes previously, but why not go again? Sharpen it up. Yeah, sharpen it up. And that is, uh, where are we here? You got this. Have I talked about this before? You got this. The expression, you got this? I haven't heard you whinge about it, but I'm ready to. So it seems to me now, in every context where someone's trying to achieve something against the odds, which in my current context is seeing one of the geeks trying to do a physical challenge on Beauty and the Geek, (laughs) the beauty comes up with the supportive phrase, you've got this. And this seems to be ubiquitous. And my concern is that when people generally say, you got this, you ain't got it at all. Ooh. So I'm looking for a better way to provide support and encouragement. I mean, the last thing I'm going to do is ring up Jackie Charles and the West Tigers League team and simply say, <laughs> you've legal got- team, you've got this. We need, <laughs> we need something more than that. But the announcement, given that that was my one Arara Valley Axe to grind in this shortened format, Dennis, was I purchased a ticket in the Axeman raffle ah, recently. Yes. Uh, the format was, uh, I believe, 100 tickets, $200 a pop, generating mm-hmm. a cash return of 20 grand, 10 into the Axeman's pocket. Yep. And then uh, in three tiers, five, three, and two grand, I believe, first, second, and third, cash goes to uh, the a ticket winners. winners. The ticket winners. And we asked. And, and how reasons. many tickets were on sale? 200. Yeah, good. No, no, 100, 100 times 100. 200. Yeah, yeah, 100 tickets, right? So you've got a, one, a 3% chance of winning some cash mm. as a result of this initiative, assuming it's fully subscribed. I can't comment on that. And look, we received some entries as to what was the best way, as we were asking, to retain Sam Burgess at the Axeman. Again, he was seen loitering around Redfern last weekend. Oh, no. And Demetrio and his cronies. But he's and, also eating burgers up there. He's uh, yeah. putting his name to some burgers. Yeah, so, I mean, he's put his name to anything right now. And, look, it, the winner, and it is close to home because she is involved with the club, but it was just the extra mile, and I will post this image on both Blowing Up Deluxe and the Fire Up Facebook page. And that, of course, is Courtney Shapter. Oh, Courtney. Because she's uh, copied us into the, an image saying, from the Caramba General Store, Yep. Which you must have been very tempted to drop in when you went up for the Titan so Sharks tempted. game. So tempted. And they said, chili con carne pie. Ooh. When Sam Burr just asked us if we could make a chili con carne pie, we did just that. Come try yours today at the Caramba General Store. So do yourself a favour and you'll see a picture of Courtney and Sam about to chomp into said chili con carne pie. That's Courtney there. That's Courtney there. So if that's not a reason oh, to Oh, no, keep, that's, uh, she's won. She's won. Hands it. down. Congratulations, Courtney. It will be drawn on the 31st of July, and we will be publicly notifying whether we get the cash, and I hope that you get the major so does, prize. does Courtney have an affiliation with the uh, the bakery there? I'm not. I think she just happened to be there. Wow. And she sort of said, Sam, I want you to come and sample this. Well, Courtney, because if there's you some way you can sneak us a Red chili Cliff, con carne pie. You're not going to get a chili con carne pie in Queensland. No. And you're certainly not going to get one out of Redford. You want to be careful if you're in Italy ordering a chili con carne pie. Uh, you don't want to say chili con carne because carne is dog 
in, in Italian. So you need to make sure it's chili con carne. Right. I thought you were going to say the, the Italian. Oh, there's nothing about toggy. Nothing about toddy. They'd immediately make the Todd Carney Association. <laughs> no, they wouldn't. Well, with that, in the absence of uh, Pantsman Pat and Redfern Pat, the four-man team is down to two. And so we're going to end this episode of Fire Up. Thank you for listening. Well, we're not. What have I forgotten? Oh, have you got another reason? I've got another reason. Oh, another reason to dislike or hate? No, dislike the Parramatta to Eels. dislike the Parramatta because Eels, please. Particularly the way the Eels are going, you know. Yep. The personification of rocks and diamonds. Mm. I thought they were tad unlucky. I mean, everything the Broncos tried to do last worked. weekend worked. And they really got a touch up, but they really are rocks and diamonds at the moment. There was a comment that the Bron- they didn't actually play badly. No, no. They didn't play. No, every kick, every 50-50. Dare I say, when they hopefully get rid of the bunker as a result of what happened to my beleaguered West Tigers last weekend, Dennis, when we just go back to what we should do, common sense and rubber the green. Yep. The rubber the green didn't go the eel's way. So I don't want to pile on, but of course... It's hard not to when a section of the Combank Stadium crowd were booing oh, no. poor old Jacob Arthur, son. Of one of their Arthur. own. Yeah, one of their own. They were booing one of their own. Yeah, and it's not the kid's fault he's no good. No, no, it's not, <laughs> it's not the kid's fault. He's doing his best. And, of course, a litany of Parramatta players have come out and said, look, that's not the go of the majority of our fan base. Regan Campbell-Gillard, I think, Ryan Madison, two very vocal spokespersons. We love playing for our fans. They're a vocal but disliked minority. But the really reason to dislike the Parramatta Reels is it leads to this type of gutter journalism. And I'm talking to you, Brent Reid, from The Australian, because <laughs> he's gone at some length about the inappropriate nature of booing someone in those circumstances. Though, let me tell you, any chance I get to boo Nathan as the son of Ivan, I'm taking it. Right. What about Ivan himself? Well, exactly. The whole the whole of Leichhardt took the opportunity to boo at, Le- at Ivan himself. But but Brent, in trying to distill the issue and describe who these people are that were booing young Arthur, he said, they're not fans, oh. they're clowns. Oh. And look, on behalf of all clowns, I want to apologise. The rugby league has tried to stigmatise you. You're honest people doing generally... Honest work. Yeah, just trying to bring joy to the children. That's all they're trying to do, bring a laugh. Bring pleasure and joy and some terror, let's face it. And is Brent Reid in the same camp as um, Kenty? He hates joy. He hates pleasure. He abhors happiness. He <laughs> And that's why he doesn't like clowns. God knows we go to the Seinfeld well enough, <laughs> enough as it is. But don't you love Jerry Seinfeld's comment to go, you don't need to call him Bozo the Clown. I mean, Bozo is enough. I mean, the clown is understood, right? Right. But can I just say, Brent Reed likening those reprehensible Parramatta fans, and I accept that they're a minority, but calling them clowns, I want to put a stop to this anti-clownism. Absolutely. And your valued members of the community, though I do recall with some fondness, a bonus track on Alice Cooper's Brutal Planet, a song that's entitled, Can't Sleep, The Clowns Will Eat Me. Wow. Well, I say send in the clowns, personally. But anyway, as I was about to say, thank you for listening to Fire Up and join us again next week. But again, please join Blowing Up Deluxe on Facebook, Fire Up NRL on Facebook and Twitter, and... If you like this episode, let your friends and family know. Share the link. Share the love. We need to grow this audience because we can see the, the finish line in sight. Now, I could be referring to the semifinals or I could be referring to the, our own acts. So... <laughs> Get out there and proselytise people. We love you. We love Rugby League. And most of all, we all love the West Tigers. Well. <clears throat> Feeling my wild oats. Gonna take me a little sightseeing trip. <laughs>